Hey y'all, you're listening to The Coffee Shop, and I'm your host, Lindsay Acosta. If you know me, then you know that I love coffee, and The Coffee Shop is where I've had some of my favorite and hardest conversations. I've laughed, cried, mourned, and rejoiced with friends as we sat across from one another, a coffee between us. So I hope you'll pull up a chair to my table and have conversations with me as I talk about all things Jesus related in hopes that it will equip, teach, and empower you in your walk with the Lord. Welcome to the coffee shop. And I find it fascinating that even all the way back in the very beginning of everything of of the Israelites and their journey with God, in Leviticus, it it lays the groundwork for the body's natural progression to be able to hold and make a child. And so even now, knowing all of that, going back and reading that and looking at that, and it was mind-blowing because it's like, you created this just exactly the way that we know it 3,000 years later. And you knew, like he knew what he was doing. Right. He did it on purpose. And so like, yeah, I mean, the fact that it is, again, God's will for you to have a child is is just laced throughout the entire book. And it starts as early as Leviticus because he laid the groundwork for it. Yeah. I I just thought that that was beautiful. And even like, even with something as serious as this, you know, with, you know, if you are struggling to get pregnant and stuff like that. and you know, you've been praying about it. It is something worth mentioning. You know, you're, if, you know, you should obviously probably be married. Um, but it is important to have a spousal agreement. You both have to be on the same page spiritually and mentally and, and, you know, asking for the same thing and believing for the same thing, because, you know, even back in Genesis 26, 25, I'm sorry. Um, Isaac, pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children and the Lord answered Isaac's prayer and Rebecca became pregnant. So he even stepped in because he had an ear, you know, the Lord had an ear to him, you know, was, was close to Isaac. And so the spouse plays a very important part in it too, because even with me and David, as hard as a struggle as it was for me, obviously it was hard for him too, but it was so, it was in such a different way because in essence, I felt like it was my responsibility, you know, because I'm the one that gets pregnant. So if something's not going right, you know, it's my fault. And, you know, I don't, I worried that he was, you know, disappointed in me or like I was letting him down and it was my fault. So very damaging mindset to have. So when you both are on the same page, you, you know, you have to, you just have to realize that you're on the same page and you're, you're a team and you're, you're, you know, you're working together and you're, you're in this together and you're praying together. And, and that's something that's very important to have. And, you know, we're more than, you know, we're two or more are gathered, you know, there he is in the midst of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know you were talking earlier about how it was such a mind shift for you, but it almost sounds like it was a faith shift too. And I feel like if you're going to have such a shift in your faith, where you are literally having to throw it all down at the foot of the cross and just have like giving up total control of something so serious. It's going to take someone to mentor you and to hold you accountable and to be, you know, that, um, that teacher for you. 
and with the shift and being able to go through that and to basically, you know, cliche as it sounds, to climb that mountain was something that I needed help with. Like, I didn't really know how to even go about doing that. I didn't know how to go about calling something forth and, and you know, calling a baby into existence. Right. And, and so that was all so new to me. It, you know, it made sense doctrinally. You know, I believed it doctrinally. I believed it, you know, canonically and that it was the will of God. So it was just translating that from a belief in my head to a faith action. So I did, I, you know, I reached out to, to a bunch of people, you know, my mom and my dad became a very, very big part of helping that happen. You know, even my sister, they were encouraging and they were, you know, on the same plane of belief and on the same, you know, plane of, you know, confession is a big thing. You know, they just believed the same things. And, and even if it wasn't where I was at at that time, I knew it was where I wanted to be. So like, even if you in yourself can say right now, you know, oh, I don't think I have the faith for that. Or, uh, you know, I still have doubt. I struggle with doubt. You know, I struggle with unbelief. That's okay. That's okay. Find someone who doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pull you through. They right. are what pull you out of that. Because again, if they, you know, if they've been through it, you know, the, the ministry that I followed that I really tried to pay so much attention to and follow every day and listen to the broadcasts and, you know, listen to their podcasts and, you know, go to their services and stuff. The friends of ours are evangelists. Their names are Teddy and Carolyn Shuttlesworth. You know, they were a huge part in me focusing on someone, like I said, who had been through it and someone whose faith was bigger than mine. Right. I had to become teachable. I had to know what that meant. I had to say, okay, you have something that I can see works. <laughs> you know, you have something that works. I want that to work for me. What do I do? Okay. Read into the word. Okay, great. I'll do that. You know, fix your confession. Okay, great. I'll do that. Like it was essentially a, like a checklist for me, not in the way that it's, you know, I was insensitive but it was something physical to follow to a get my mind off of the things that I could not control and control the things that I could, which was me, my walk with the Lord, my time with the Lord, my study with the Lord, my prayer with his word, you know, study with the word and prayer with the Lord and, and my praise and my thankfulness and my worship to him and glorifying and edifying him, you know, and speaking in tongues and stuff, you know, that edifying myself in the presence of the Lord, you know, that was a huge thing that, really kind of helps your spirit along because it is just a constant battle between your spirit and your flesh. And yeah, I had to find teachers. I had to find mentors, you know, people that could lead me along in those things. And, and I feel like having a teacher, you know, is so important. And like that whole framework is very important for growing your own walk, growing your own faith. You know, everybody is given a measure of faith and it's up to us to increase it. Right, right. And I had to get to the point where, so having somebody teach you that you trust to know the truth, even in times when you don't, to fill the gap and to bridge the gap between you not knowing the truth and you learning the truth for yourself and studying the truth for yourself. And one thing that I really want to say, like, 
this like the feminism movement and the modern day woman and all of the stuff that's been circling around with abortion lately like that can be also pretty detrimental to your psyche and and it almost makes you feel like I would feel almost bad for wanting a child so bad because I feel like people almost at the point where they're judging people for having kids yeah and there's definitely like I mean even just with so many women who are going through this same issue and I know it happens in like different ways but like essentially I feel like with everything that's happening with you know infertility and um abortion and um, you know, kids in foster care and kids getting put up for adoption, there is an attack on the family. And I really feel like it's a spiritual attack because like you said, it is laced all throughout scripture that this is from the Lord. The Lord wants us to have families and it brings joy to him and it makes his heart happy. And I feel like anything that the, that the Lord loves Satan hates and he's going to try to destroy that. And I feel like he has made it his life's mission to destroy the family because when you stop having family and you stop having kids, you stop having generations who can rise up and bring the faith. And he doesn't like that. And he's doing anything he can to destroy that. And like kids, you know, who are brought up by righteous family members, by righteous mom and dads, by righteous parents, the kids that are brought up in the way that they should be trained up in the way that they should be their parents are an anchor to the spirituality, to their, you know, to what's right. You know, all Testament, it says, tell the next generation, tell the next generation, tell the next generation. So that was such an important part of keeping all of that alive in them. And so that is the devil's plan is to take that away. Because if you take that away, what do we have? Don't have anything. (laughs) And it, it does, you know, they are, children are reward, you know, they are, it, it says in Psalm 127, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. So like all of those words, reward, gift, arrows in a warrior's hands. Like those are not, you know, the joy whose quiver is full of them. That's not accidental. That's not a cool, that's not coincidental. He refers to children as a weapon because they are being trained in the way that they should be. So we are, uh, you know, just kind of going back to that verse too. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but of right. power, you know, and, and spiritual warfare and things like that. So that's, that's what that verse is referring, referring to, you know, we're in war, you know, we are constantly fighting against things that are unseen and, and absolutely everything that's going on is an attack on the family. Um, so what would you say are some practical things that women can do if they are really struggling with this topic and with getting pregnant? With getting pregnant, let, I mean, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit. So, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit and, you know, speaking in other tongues and speaking in the heavenly language, because that fills the gap, you know, when, because when, when women, especially, you know, I know it to be true for me, so I can only assume it's true for other women. When you get to that point of 
the desperation of, you know, just God, please, you know, that's all you can say. You get to that point where that's all you can say. There's no more that you can say. There's no other words that you know to pray what you haven't already prayed. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you're speaking in heavenly languages and you're praying in other tongues, that bridges the gaps to say the things that we can't say anymore in our, in our flesh. You know, that's when our spirit takes over and, and it's our spirit talking to God directly. You know, it's our spirit's direct line to God. Right. That's, that's the first and foremost thing. And, and, you know, exercising that because it, it is, it's essentially a muscle, you know, the more you use it, the more, the easier it will become. Um, the more often you do it, the longer you do it, the more days that you do it, you know, so that would be the first thing. The second thing I would say would be to to fix fix your mouth, honestly. Don't say things, you know, oh, I wish, or if it's his will, and if this happens, oh, oh, if I have a baby, I want it to be a girl, you know, you know, when, when you get pregnant, when you carry your own child, when you are having your own healthy pregnancy, when you are in labor with your own pregnant, you know, with your own healthy baby, you know, speak life to yourself, speak life over your, over your body, speak healing over your body, speak wholeness over your body. Yeah. You know, we get so caught up in our thoughts and in our feelings, you know, forgive me for my Drake reference for, (laughs) (laughs) but we do, we get in our feelings and that, you know, that kind of ruins us from the get-go because we are, we put ourselves in such a fleshly place and, and get out of the spirit place. We've kind of been brought up to think like the only way to pray is to say, oh, if it's God's will. Like we always do a follow-up of, Lord, I pray for healing, but only if it's your will. And I was reading this book and he talks about how if you don't actively do things that speak something out in faith you're probably not going to see a miracle like it's not wrong to want god's will but the issue is that that's your fallback that's you saying i kind of have faith this might happen but like not enough to just speak it out and say hey you promised me a baby i'm claiming a baby and ultimately we don't know his will anyway So we might as well stand on the promise and say, I believe that you have spoke that I can have a child and I'm going to believe in that. I'm going to pray that over my body, over my family. Yeah. Because ultimately, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. So just go ahead. And and it comes back to that, that mind shift and that, that faith shift. You say you have faith. Do you really? Anything before the word, but means nothing. So if you say, exactly. you know, I believe that you'll do this, but if it's your will, okay. Everything you just said before that is a complete is negated because anything before the word, but doesn't matter. If I were to say to you, your hair looks cute, but that outfit girl. So anything before the word, but doesn't matter. And a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You cannot believe and not believe at the same time. You cannot right. even have full faith with the caveat of if it's your will, you know, because it's just, it's an escape clause. That's not how it's supposed to be. There is no escape clause. There is faith or there is no faith. Yeah. And it could be as tiny as a mustard seed, but girl, have that faith. But at least you have it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So first off, you know, get into the Holy Spirit. Second off, fix your confession. 
third, find yourself in the right group of people. I have always said that that verse, I'm pretty sure it's in second Corinthians. It might even be second Corinthians six, something second uh, Corinthians that says, you know, don't be unequally yoked. People always took that as in the sense of relationships, like marriages and, and dating somebody. I have always taken that to mean the same thing as any relationship. Do not be unequally yoked with anybody. You cannot expect to be in a circle of friends who are constantly berating your face. Don't believe the same thing that you do. You know, even, you know, don't understand why you want a family, you know, are one of those people that are like, well, why are you even, why do you even want to bring a kid into this world? You know, do not surround yourself with those kinds of people. Pieces, pieces of advice for you is to literally just leave people behind who are not for you. Yeah. Into your mental health, it's damaging to your spiritual walk and it's damaging for your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so important to have people who are going to intercede on your behalf because I honestly would assume, so this is not something that I have struggled with, but I have seen so many of my friends struggle with it. And I can only imagine that there comes to a time where you don't even have words to speak anymore. And like you were saying, you have groans of the Holy Spirit, but I feel like that's when it's time to call up my friends. Like whenever Moses they were um, in battle, and as long as his arms were held up, they would win the battle, and his arms were going tired, so his friends lifted his arms up, and I just feel like you need people who are going to lift your arms up while you're in battle over your um, your child, your health, whatever, honestly, whatever it is you're going through, even if it's not this specific topic, but you need people who are going to intercede on your behalf and who are going to uplift you and encourage you. And, and that's so important. Yeah. To have the accountability and to have the people that you can fall back on. You know, I always think back to the game, to the game that people play when they're younger, you know, trust fall. And they just like bust backwards. Like, but that's a thing, you know, do I trust in this person enough that when I lose all sense of the ground beneath me, when I lose all sense of my strength, Anything that I could possibly do, I'm exhausted. I, I've been praying for so long. I believe for so long. My, I am weary. I am going to fall. My legs are gone. Is somebody behind you to catch you? Right, right, yeah. So what would you say is the number one thing that you want listeners to take away? Any listener, I guess, because a lot of this, although we have been talking about infertility, which, and obviously that's the majority of my testimony, I do feel like a lot of the groundwork for what I was saying and the things that I had to change in my mindset and stuff was pretty well applicable for all kinds of situations. So I guess the number one thing that I want all of you listening to understand is that you have power. You have authority. Use it. We are children of God. We are descendants. We are grafted into the line of Judah. The lion of Judah. Jesus came as a lamb and left as a lion. Mm. Lions are at the top. Lions destroy. Lions devour. Everything else on the, on the savannah is scared of the lion you are a lion yeah 
Yeah. I love Game of Thrones, okay? In the last season, like the first episode or two, somebody's talking to Daenerys Targaryen. The whole thing is, is that she comes from a line of, you know, basically descendant from dragons, or they have like, they can speak to dragons, they control dragons. So somebody says to her, you are a dragon, act like a dragon. Mm. That gets me hype, man. Yeah. Because women have been pushed aside and, you know, counted as weak for so long. So don't view yourself as some weak minded and some weak and inferior woman right many many times a lot of things in the bible fell back on the hands of a woman right who were the first people to lay eyes and to realize that jesus had risen from the dead women who brought jesus into the world a woman so you have power you have authority use it thanks for listening to this week's episode on the coffee shop I'd love to connect with you more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See y'all next week.